Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to part one of the reaction to This is Chase and Rants. Hello again, I am the Duke, host of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, and let me tell you something. The three-part docu-series, This is Chase and Rants, it went viral. It went viral, it was something that has been talked about all over the world, and you know, at the end of that docu-series, you know, part three, I did say the following. I do want people, everyone to know, I mean, you, you listen to this and I'm sure you have some strong feelings about it. You are encouraged to reach out on Twitter, on Facebook to Duke Loves Wrestling. Uh, you can email me at DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com. I have no issue with doing a second part to this entire docuseries in which People react to what they've heard here on, on these first three segments here of This is Chase and Rants. So I will absolutely do a reaction episode if, if there's enough interest in that. If people want to voice their, their opinions and, and what have you, you're more than welcome to do so. Again, I'm here to provide a 360 degree view of who this person is and what this person is about and some of the things that they've done good, bad, or indifferent. So the response that I received was tremendous, you know, especially from people who wanted to give their take on things that Chase and Rance said during the three-part docuseries. And, you know, we have some folks who have personal experience with Chase and Rance. So I said, hey, let's do it. And here we are today, uh, part one here. You're going to hear from former students that uh, Chase and Rance trained. I mean, come on, you're going to hear insight like you've never heard before. And especially considering the fact that they're responding to things that he said during this is Chase and Rance. So really interesting perspective we're going to hear today. And again, this is just part one. So there's there's a lot more coming. We're, We're going to, as much as we can, provide a 360 degree view of the topic of Chase and Rance, right? And that's, I want to go over a couple of things here because there's a lot that's been said and, you know, it's, it's, it's important for me to point out a couple of facts here and, and get a couple of things in order. First and foremost, anyone who sexually assaults or, you know, lewd and lavicious behavior, rape, whatever, the courts or the court of public opinion calls it. Anyone that has relations with a minor, um, I think it's reprehensible. It's wrong. These are facts that I've pointed out to Mr. Rance right from the beginning. You know, I just, there's no way, shape, or form that I'm ever going to be okay with that. And whomever has ever done something like that, you're wrong. So, you know, there was a narrative that was spun that providing a open mic to Mr. Rance was somehow uh, a endorsement. No, it was not an endorsement. 
I made that point clear on every single episode that it was not an endorsement. But it also wasn't a takedown. I truly believe that if you really want to get to the heart of any story, a lot of times it's best for you as an interviewer to shut up and let the other party express themselves to the fullest extent. This is, this is not a new thing here. Anyone who's ever listened to Duke Loves Wrestling, you will notice that my guests can speak long form. And, you know, for the most part, many do. This was a unique situation, though, because just based on my personal experience here when I interview someone, most people, when they speak for, let's say, two minutes straight, two minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but it's a long time. Most people, when they speak for two minutes straight, they start getting a little self-conscious, right? Because they feel like, oh, man, am I, am I talking too long here? Am I saying too much? Once they start getting past two minutes and, and moving on to three minutes, that's when they will actually say it. Okay? I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I'm talking so long. Let me get to the point. They will actually say it. So to have someone speak literally for hours at a time, I mean, that was interesting. That, that was definitely an experience that I had never had before. But, you know, I'm glad it happened. Because by providing Chase and Rance the opportunity to speak for so long, he opened up in a manner like you've never heard before. Okay? He gave you his perspective on his entire life. He talked about people in the wrestling industry that he has done business with and in some cases is still doing business with. He talked about promotions. <laughs> that he has done business with and in some cases is still doing business with. There is no way you could have gotten that definitive information anywhere else in any other way than to get it straight from Chase and Rance. Okay. So for all of you out there who assume this guy is blackballed anyway. So why would you ever, you know, give him an open mic? He's blackballed. He, he, he's already, out of the business, so to speak. Well, that's just not true. Not only is Chase and Rance not out of the wrestling business, he is thriving in the wrestling business. Which leads me to another point. I've been doing Duke Loves Wrestling as a podcast. I've been doing this for over five years now. And I can tell you that Chase and Rance is a name that has popped up consistently for most of the past five years. Really the past three years in particular. I can't go a week without somebody mentioning his name. Okay? Part of that is because I, I in interview a lot of independent wrestlers, especially on the Florida scene. It's something that I'm passionate about. I like to have up-and-coming people uh, provide them an opportunity to level up as much as they can. You know, hey... Duke Loves Wrestling is its own platform. It may not be the smallest or the largest, but it is its own platform. And clearly people are comfortable enough to be on my show because it's, you check the archives, it's pretty consistent, right? I love independent wrestling. I love doing what I can to support the wrestling industry, right? So it's not uncommon for people to bring this guy up. It happens pretty often. 
fans and people in the industry alike. And folks have consistently asked me, why don't you do something about him? And it's like, well, I don't know if people would be interested in that. No, no, we, we need to know the truth about because, you know, there's, there's these rumors and, and this is a bad guy and this and that. But he's still in the industry. And, you know, we, we want to know what's you could probably get the truth. And I, I spent a lot of time just leaving it alone because I had done some research and I did see the countless articles and I did see people have already podcasted about it. But one thing that stuck out was the fact that in very few instances were you finding direct quotes from Chase and Rance himself, right? Couldn't find that. So I did see that, well, you know, there might be an opportunity there to, to provide some new information to an otherwise um, story that's been beaten to hell, at least from, from one end of the spectrum there. So... Eventually, you know, Chasen and I interacted with each other and, and I let him know right from the beginning. Listen, people keep asking me to do something about you. I don't like to do hit pieces. So I want to give you an opportunity to come on the show and you can say whatever you want, man, from your perspective, because a lot has been said about you. So I want you to answer to some of the things that have been said about you. OK, and he said, fine, I'll do it. And he did. <laughs> he sure did. There's there's a there's a, a a phrase telling your truth, right? When you speak from your perspective, the way that you see things, that doesn't mean that it's the one hundred percent unequivocal truth, okay? But that's your truth. That's what you believe. We've heard a lot of what everybody under the sun believes. We've never heard from what this guy believes, not to that extent. So that's what I did. I set the table for this guy to to just share what he wanted to share. And he shared a hell of a lot more than I could have ever asked him about. So that's the other thing. All the rumor and innuendo. And I heard that he was friends with this one. And I heard he was working that. He brought all that stuff out. Or at least a good portion of it. Right? He felt comfortable enough to, to talk about all of that stuff. So to anyone who listened to the interview... Thank you for taking the time to do that. There was a lot of information there, but most of the people who listened have reached out and let me know that they appreciated it because at least they know now who's working with this guy and who has worked with this guy. And they got answers to some things that they only knew about uh, as rumor innuendo. And there were, you know, the majority of the people outside of the Florida indie scene weren't quite sure why there was such a buzz about this guy. So they learned a lot about who this person is definitively, right? On the record. To those of you who didn't listen, but you took the time to hit social media and essentially take the attention and put it on my show and me as an interviewer, right? And and just lay into me over how dare you interview this guy? How could you give him an open mic? How could you put him on your platform? Listen, thank you for helping Duke Loves Wrestling go viral once again. Okay, I appreciate you taking the time, even though you didn't listen to any of the interviews. I appreciate you taking the time, your time out of your life that you'll never get back tweeting about something that I have done. Good job. Keep that going, please. I beg of you, keep it going, because it certainly has helped the, the, the overall discussion 
continue to be dissected, which is the whole purpose here on my end, right? Which leads me to another point. If you would have listened to it, you would have noticed that I didn't run a single advertisement. I didn't even play my normal theme music on that episode. Okay? I was not trying to monetize that in any way. Didn't want to. Didn't feel right. So I think it's ironic that some of you out there are creating work based off of that interview. And you're soliciting money from people while you're doing it. And those of you out there, you know who you are. And I want you to know that I know who you are as well. So I find that very interesting that you are making money off of this reprehensible person that you're talking about uh, that you believe shouldn't even be in the wrestling industry and no one should be interviewing them. Yet you're elevating their voice when you're doing entire episodes of your content where you're playing entire interviews. Right. I did three parts. Some of you out there are literally playing all of that stuff. And you're making money off of it. And I think that's very interesting. So we'll have to wait and see how that how that shakes out there. Right. We'll have to wait and see from a moral standpoint. Everybody's so high and mighty. What do you feel about the people who actually are making money off of that? That's interesting. Oh, okay, okay. Which brings me to another point. There are many of you out there who are professional journalists. You have the, the credentials, you know, you have the, the, the education and the, the work experience to back it up. You've been writing or podcasting or been on the radio for, for 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years. Congratulations to all of you. I respect your credentials. I think that is fantastic, right? You have your way of doing things. Some of you have actually covered Chase and Rance in some way, shape, or form. I've read most of your stuff. I've listened to most of your stuff, so I understand what's out there. Again, congratulations. Good job. But here's the point here. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to interview. There's more than one way to present information. So if you professionals... <laughs> don't like the way I interview people, if you don't like the fact that I even interview that guy, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Everyone can have an opinion. Everyone can feel how they feel. But let me just say this. If you cared enough about this topic and you wanted to somehow affect change as it relates to this topic, but you've never gotten Chase and Rance on the record, then what does that say about your efforts? Because this guy is still around and he's still thriving. I'm going to tell you what it tells me. It tells me that your work is a little incomplete. Right? So many folks, well, you should have done it this way. And you, should have, you should have been tough on him. And you should have questioned him. You should have fact-checked him in the moment. and all. Listen, the beauty of having your own platform is you do it the way that you do it. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that it's going to be... 100% right or wrong, but you do it your way because it's your platform. And I encourage everybody to do things their way on their platforms. But I want to let you know, if you've never listened to Duke Loves Wrestling before, if you've never reached out to me before as a professional journalist, 
and offered some advice and tips on how Duke Loves Wrestling can improve upon what we do here on this show, then I got to be honest with you. Your opinion on how I conducted that interview and who I interviewed matters to me about as much as what you had for breakfast 15 years ago on this day. In other words, I really am not interested in your opinion. It's useless to me. You never put it in over here. So don't be a Johnny come lately now because I interviewed somebody that you to this day have not been able to get an interview with. And all I did was reach out and ask. So maybe you should try that sometimes if you if you feel entitled or you feel that you should have an interview with anybody, by the way. I'm, I'm starting to realize that the, the, the vigor and the frustration, the anger for folks who did not want this to happen. I'm starting to realize that the, there's a bigger issue here, right? Because, listen, you can be mad at me for giving this guy an open mic. That's fine. That's great. Keep that going. I don't mind the heat. But you got to understand something. At some point, you're going to have to confront the larger issue in the room here. Does the wrestling industry care? Right? Because there there have been polarizing figures in wrestling from the beginning of time. Right? And certainly, people who are murderers and, and drug addicts and thieves sexual abusers, child molesters. They've existed in pro wrestling since the beginning of time. And they continue to exist in pro wrestling to this day. So when I see some of you giving me a hard time about interviewing this guy and, and, and providing him an opportunity to essentially call out the entire industry that continues to support him, <laughs> which is what he did, whether he realizes that or not, my question to all of you is, why are you still following some of these figures and some of these organizations? Why are you still spending money? Why are you still covering some of these figures and some of these organizations, but you're not talking about the fact that they actively employ people who have either sold drugs or they're abusing drugs or they have sexually assaulted people. Some are murderers armed robbers, right? Domestic violence folks, huh? Embezzlers. I saw, I saw a guy that went to jail for years for rape on primetime TV. And that's not the first time I've saw him in, 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 in the wrestling industry on primetime TV being celebrated. And then I watched the commercials during each break. And it's like, these are, these are a plus uh, brands here that are airing commercials while this, this person who is literally a convicted rapist is being featured on primetime TV and wrestling. And many of you who have called out me giving a person a microphone, you said, well, how could you put him on your platform? Well, are you talking to these companies that are putting these rapists on their platforms? I wonder about that. We got murderers in, in hall of fames. Are you, are you, are you talking to those companies about putting them on their platforms. I wonder about that. Advertisements and merchandise and billboards and all these things, right? I'm starting to, I'm starting to get what's going on here. 
See, this is Chase and Rance was, was really, although Chase and Rance is the vehicle, right? He's not the destination. <laughs> the destination is, 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 is the industry as a whole. Why are we supporting an industry that supports people like Chase and Rance? That's the question. And I don't care if you're a wrestler, a fan, or in between. If you are so morally high and you believe this and all this other stuff, why are you supporting an industry that supports people like himself? If you feel people like himself shouldn't be in wrestling. Because let me tell you something. There has been an abundance of people who reached out to me and they've said, listen, this guy paid his debt to society. He has been held accountable. So, you know, we don't find it to be a problem going forward unless he does something else going forward. There's a lot of people who reached out and said that. That's that's a take. Whether you like it or not, that's a take. <laughs> okay? People ask me, well, why are you calling him polarizing? You're trying to you're trying to uh whitewash it. You're trying to, you know, soften it up. No, 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 no. Pick up a dictionary. There are people who are out there who said this guy shouldn't even be in business. Period. Right? That's one end of the spectrum. And then we have people on the complete opposite of the spectrum who are literally doing business with this guy and keeping him in business. That is called polarizing. They are polar opposites. Whether you like it or not, if somebody is literally funding this person, the same person who you say should not be in business, those are complete opposite messages, folks. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure, figure that out. Okay? So, yeah, he's pretty polarizing. And that was my question from the beginning. If this guy is, 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 is what he is, because he is a registered sex offender, then how the hell is he still in the industry? How is this guy able to thrive in the industry? I need to know that. And he gave us his take on that. And if you listened, you would have gotten his take on that. Something that we'd never heard before, at least not to that degree. So again, it goes back to the industry. If you feel people like that shouldn't be in the industry, then why are you supporting the industry? Why are you supporting the companies that are doing business with people like that? You're a hypocrite. You want to control what I do on my show. And all I did was give this guy a mic to expose everything. Good, bad, or indifferent. He got an opportunity to let it off his chest. And he did. Right? And you're pissed at me for doing that. But I don't see any of you. You didn't unfollow AEW or WWE or MLW or Ring of Honor. I don't see you going after some of those Hall of Famers that he named, right? I don't see you saying that you're never going to, to do business or, or support anything that has anything to do with them. I don't see that happening, right? That doesn't mean it's not happening. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen that kind of energy behind it. You're still following those those pages because that's one of the first things I do. When somebody comes to me and says, you were terrible for doing this. I can't believe you supported this guy by putting him on your platform. The first thing I did was go take a look at who they're following. And if they're a journalist or a podcast or a wrestler, I want to see where you wrestled or who you have done articles on recently or who you've done podcast specials on recently. And it was overwhelming 
you all are still supporting the very people that are keeping this guy in business. So tell me something, ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries. What's the real story here? What are you really trying to, to prevent from being discussed here? Because I'm going to tell you right now. You can, you can try to cancel me all you want. I own my stuff. Let me say that again. I own my stuff. You can try to cancel me all you want. You're not going to stop me from talking about this because the next level after we're done with this Chase and Rant series is you. <laughs> Quite frankly, us as fans and you as wrestlers. I'm going to ask everyone. And I'm going to provide even my own take on the fact of why are we supporting the things that we claim we're against? You know how many wrestlers have said to me, I need to, I need to make my big break and that's why I can't not do business with who's doing business with this guy because, you know, it's, it's this is my dream. And it's like, okay, well, everybody has a price. Everybody has a line and that's your price and that's your line. Fine. I'm not here to judge that. That's your line. That's your price. Fair. But be straight about that. And don't tell me that I can't interview this guy. Because I'm going to interview everybody. <laughs> and if you look at the archives, I've interviewed everybody. So some of you who have been on this show before, who, had, who took the time to go on Twitter and bash me before you reached out to me and said, hey man, why did you do that interview? Thank you. Thank you for, for going on Twitter and bashing me. I appreciate that. Because it let me know who you are and what you are. Right? You appreciated coming on my platform when it was benefiting you personally. But you're a little nervous now because you see the heat coming out over this interview. And now you don't want to be affiliated or associated. And that's fine. But you got to remember something. You're already affiliated and associated. You're in the wrestling industry. Now go tell WWE to kick out Jimmy Snooker who murdered a woman. Right? You want to really get me started here? Mike Tyson has been... On the cover of WrestleMania advertisements, he's in AEW and all this other foolishness. Go ahead. Go tell them something. Don't come to me. Don't bash me <laughs> and not do that. Right? Keep the same energy. Walk your walk, baby. Talk your talk, baby. Come on. I'm ready. I, listen, I'm standing here. I'm ready for everybody to do it. Let's all have this conversation. That was the point. Hypocrites, all of you. And I'm going to tell you something else. I don't like what Chase and Rance did. I think it's pretty reprehensible. I think it's disgusting. I don't I don't know if if this guy really feels remorse or not. That I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I interviewed the guy for hours and I still don't know. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. He's one of many. I would say the majority of the industry over time have been reprehensible people and they've done reprehensible things. So let's have that conversation, right? Let's have that conversation. I can't give a guy an open mic and have him express himself and tell on himself in many ways. Really? I don't know about that. I'll interview everybody and I'm going to interview everybody. That's just the way it is. So, you know, again, I think that there are too many people out there trying to control what they cannot control. And at the same time, they're not 
doing their part with the things that they can control, right? You can control where you work and who you do business with, what organizations you support, where you spend your money, what merchandise you buy. You can control that. This man gave you a list of names of people he does business with. You can control whether or not you support or do business with these folks. I know you won't. I know that. In fact, I know that you're going to control that by continuing to do what you've always been doing. Because you're a hypocrite. And I know you don't want me to keep talking about this, which is why I'm going to keep talking about it. Somebody said to me, hey, man, you know, don't be that guy. No, I listen, listen. Lady, gentlemen, non-binary, I, not only am I that guy, I am the guy. I don't mind talking about this. I don't mind bringing this out in the open. I don't mind admitting that I'm part of the problem because I am. I love pro wrestling. I truly do. And I've spent a lot of money on organizations. I've spent a lot of money on individuals supporting this industry. I've taken an entire brand created that just to support individuals and support this industry. So I know I'm part of the problem, but at least I'm not afraid to admit that. And I'm not afraid to have that conversation. For some reason you are. So if you're bothered by the content, stay that way. You should be, but it's not going to stop. In fact, I'm going to ramp it up. Okay. In fact, you, you all can do me a favor. Just just make a list of all the people that you don't want me to talk to. Make it easy for me so I know who I can just I can interview for the rest of the year. You know, we'll book the territory here. Right. Just just tell me who you don't want me to interview so I can just interview all those folks. That'll make life easier for me since you want to give uh, suggestions and advice unsolicited, by the way. I never asked you for anything. I don't want anything from any of you. Right. You've never put in on this. But you have so much to say. And I just find that fascinating because at the end of the day, the real story is looking you straight in your face. Why are all of these top stars and top companies doing business with a person who you feel should be out of business? That is the story you should be pursuing because this guy left zero doubt now. But you won't even listen to the interview. And if you listen to the interview, you're too stuck on the fact that, well, Duke didn't ask him a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, guess what? He sure answered a lot of questions. <laughs> Imagine that. And to any of you out there who, who think I don't know what I'm doing, especially you professionals who have been doing this for X amount of years and have these degrees and worked at this publication. All I can say to you is. People were talking about what happened on this show. I don't recall them talking about what was happening on yours. Figure it out. Okay, so we are going to uh, kick off part one here. (laughs) Now that we've gotten that housekeeping out of the way. And once again, you know, we have students who have personal experience with Mr. Rance, you know, being trained by him. And they've heard what he had to say, and they have their own perspective and want to shine light on some things that were missed, at least from their perspective. So we're going to start here with a young lady who was there for three years. And it's the first three years that this guy started training 
at the school. So it's kind of a very interesting uh, take here. So without further ado, we are going to go straight into Miss Ashley Gonzalez. All right. So we are going to kick off this uh, special here with Ashley Gonzalez, somebody who previously trained at Chase and Rance's wrestling school. And she has a perspective that is pretty interesting and, and firsthand and what have you. This isn't conjecture or what have you. This is someone who lived it. So without further ado, welcome Ashley Gonzalez. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. And like, you know, I want to I want to thank you personally for being objective while some may not see it that way, giving those who were on the other side of it a platform to speak also means a lot. While nobody likes to hear Chase and talk, um, it's good that the information is out there and it's good that there's people to correct it. So first off, thank you very much. I want to stay on that point before we, we really get into this here, because again, you're somebody who's directly affected by a lot of what was said during that three-part series. So yeah. You know, from your perspective, you recognize that it was just getting the information out there. Yeah, I, 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 I understood from the from the production side of it that you were getting the information out there. Um, while his what he said may not be accurate, and honestly, a lot of it wasn't. Um, the information's out there, and like I said, there are those of us that can correct it. You know, different pieces. It's like putting together a puzzle, basically. All right. Well, you know, let's jump into that here. Um, I'm just going to pause myself for a moment and because I know, Ashley, you have put out some information online about some of the things you wanted to open up about. So, so let's just start from the beginning of when you started at Chase and Rance's wrestling school. And you can just go from there. All right. Um, I want to say roughly around 20, 2013, 2014-ish, um, I, I had been, I'm a, I'm a second generation. So the guy that I considered my father, he was also a worker way back way in the day. Um, so wrestling has already been, you know, wrestling has been around me. Um, but I started working at a company and now the guy that I consider my brother, uh, he had been, he was telling me about, you know, training and becoming a wrestler. And he was at this school and I was like, okay, you know, I, you know, I'll think about, it. I'll think about it for months and months and months. Um, and I finally pulled the trigger and went. And the first time I stepped in that ring, it, you can't describe something like that. It, you get this like adrenaline rush, like it, it's it's an amazing experience. Um, the school was it was called I Believe in Wrestling. I laughed at the name, um, but then I, you know, I thought about the name, what that meant to me. Um, you know, and the guy that owns the place was a man named Chase and Rance. And it was um, two of the, there was two of the trainers, one that's a current uh, WWE superstar. And one that uh, I don't believe he's wrestling anymore. His name was Aaron Epic, which all I'm going to say about him is that him and Chasen are, are one in the same. They are, they are definitely uh, twinning on a lot of things, but um, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the time everything that had happened with Chase and I had heard things, but I was just like, Oh, okay. Rumors, whatever. Um, and then I, I, I think what the first red flag that was raised with me was when I was told to never say Chase and trained you. 
it was emphasized if I want to get bookings and I want to go places, never admit that Jason trained me. And, you know, I thought that was weird, but I was like, okay, you know, say that Aaron Epic trained you or, you know, that the other trainer, the superstar that she trained you. But um, I didn't think anything of it. And then I slowly through time started to ask questions and I forget how it came up in conversation with Chase and himself, but he, um, the way he described the situation was it wasn't rape. It was, before I say, can, are there any parameters on this as far as words that I cannot use? Not at all. You, you are free to say, you know, express yourself 100%. Even uh, profanity? 100%. You can say whatever okay. you want. This platform is free. Gotcha. So his direct words to me were, it was just some fucking 15 year old slut that lied about her age and was drunk at a party. That's the way he described it to me. I've heard that he's described it to others in the same manner. Um, But the way he described it to me, like I said, and the way he told the story was it was some chick that lied about her age and she was drunk and he thought she was 21. So I was like, okay, it was, you know, in that moment and for years, I honestly thought that that's what the situation was. You know, why should this man be faulted for somebody else's mistake? And, and that's, that's telling of the kind of hold that Chasen has on you. It, and it's insane because, you know, us as wrestlers, we're tough skinned. You know, we have to be. This business isn't for everybody. It's a very shady business. It's a very scary business. But for for me in particular, to feel like this man's got this hold even to this day when I've had several different I've had several different trainers and I'm in a much better place in life and in wrestling now. Um, that you still have this fear of like, okay, if I say something, what's going to happen to me? You know, and, and I, don't, I want to say something, but I'm scared to because I want to be booked places. I haven't stepped foot in that in his in Chasen's school in God, it's been five years, and to like I said, to this day, it's still like, well, what if he finds out I said something? Um, and so I I thought honestly that's what it was because I trained there for probably the first three years. And, it, and I had to do on and off because I had some medical issues um, and financial issues, honestly. Um, and so it, you begin to look past things like that, even like, okay, he slept with somebody underage. You begin to look past that and because you, you love the business, you want to be in the business. So you start to turn a blind eye to certain things because um, you, you become like a family. And at the end of the day, family is everything whether it's blood or, you know, gained family, if you will. And so I continued to, I, I wrestled. I had my first, my first tag match was three months in and it was against Chasen and a partner. And then it was me and my brother. It was the drizzling shits. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> it was probably one of the worst matches of my career. Um, Cause generally, ideally you don't want to start wrestling until you're, depending on how quick you take the things and who's training you, if you're trained properly six months to a year in, I was three months in because they needed somebody to fill a spot. Um, the, the mental damage 
that that place throws mm-hmm. on you. I apologize. That was an email. Um, I began to have a need to not necessarily be a secretary type thing, but just financially I'm spending money for him at the school. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, Oh, you need this. I'll buy this. Like, you know, I don't have that much money, but I'm spending my money because I see him needing something. That's not to say he didn't have the funds to buy it because at the end of the day, he was charging right around 200 a month to train there. And I worked, you know, I was making $9 an hour part-time. So I definitely did not have the funds. Um, but you throw your everything into it. And it's not to say he ever asked for it, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of hold, that's the kind of pull he seems to mentally have. Um, you know, you, I met, I met several people while I was there. You know, I met, uh, Scott Hall was there. He's super, super sweet guy. Very genuine guy. Um, I did meet, uh, and hung out and then trained with, uh, Jesus Rodriguez, who's Ricardo Rodriguez. It's again, genuine dude, you know, and several other, several other people. Uh, so I did what I thought was necessary to advance my career. And I ended up meeting my uh, now husband. I met him in the business. We actually met in the ring when we were, we were punching each other in the face. It was great. Um, <laughs> but he, even he didn't like chasing from the jump. And they, they actually got into a little miniature confrontation about it one time. And when I was with him, it was the first time that I had ever felt like I could break away from the team vision dojo and be okay. Um, between him and Aaron Epic, it, it, between Chasen and Aaron Epic, it's, it, that's such a toxic place. I do what I can now to encourage people to go other places, you know, uh, Devon Dudley's school. If you're in the Tampa area, there's Jay Lethal's school, or, you know, you've got WXW out here in, um, in Mineola. Like there's several other schools that I would rather send you to than send you there. It's just, I applaud him for speaking on the matter, but at the same time, if you're going to speak on it, he needs to be, you need to be accurate about it. Did you fuck up? Hell yes, you fucked up. But at the same time, it's not, it didn't, if you're going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I was in a bad place and blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what I was doing. That's bullshit. Let's be real. You know what the fuck you're doing. You know what the fuck you did. Admit it. Don't sit there and say, oh, I thought blah, 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 blah. You know what the fuck you were doing. Because from from the interview I, I listened to, I listened to your whole interview. He made it seem like, oh, he didn't know and oh, he was just so mentally distraught. That man is such a manipulator. I can guarantee you there is never not a moment where he doesn't know what he's doing. I promise you. And the re- one of the reasons I know this, there's two situations. There was one where he was with uh, an ex that uh, she, she is one of my best friends, his, his ex. She's one of my favorite people in this world. I will always go to bat for her. I love her to death. Um, I almost lost my friendship with her because she didn't speak to me for three months 
because Jason told her that he was cheating on her and I knew about it because the two of them were fucking around in my backseat because I was driving them around to wherever they needed to go in my little hatchback tiny car when this man drives a Mercedes or a, a BMW, whatever the hell it is. But I, I, I was, you know, chauffeuring them around while they fucked. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he could get to me through that. You know, at the end of the day, we're still, we're back to being friends. Like we're, she loves, she loves our, you know, the baby I just had and everything. She loves our family. Um, But there's, if, if I may, there is a particular story that um, he didn't speak on when it comes to Teddy Hart. And this is how, you know, again, that he's a manipulator that Teddy Hart really uh, is as fucking insane and manipulative and abusive as everyone says he is. There was a student at Team Vision Dojo whose name was Josh Fleischman. Um, he went by Josh Parker, you know, the toxic enigma. When he first came, I'm not going to lie, him and I were not the best of friends. I honestly thought he was annoying and that he shouldn't even bother wrestling. He was no good. Like, and to this day, I, that's still, I, I still regret thinking that way. But that's, again, that's part of the pull and the hold that Chasen and Aaron have on you. They, they make you. they end up making you think a certain way about certain people. They didn't like him. They made fun of him. So I thought it was necessary to stay in their good graces to do the same type thing. And with Josh, it, him and I, you know, he's not with us anymore. Towards the end of his life, him and I were, you know, after he finally broke away from the dojo, we became great friends. And, you know, he loves, he loved my husband. And like, we, we were just all around buddies. They, Jason and Teddy ended up taking Josh to, I want to say California. He ended up having to pay his own ticket. Now this kid is probably, he was, I want to say, let's see, I'm, he's probably about five. He was five to six years younger than me. And he ends up, so he doesn't have any money, but he ends up paying his own way. And he gets out there and they're, you know, I guess they had a show or something or we're doing, I forget what it was they were out there for, but he, and he's, he was by no means a small, small guy. I want to say he was, he was probably, he was close to six foot and he, you know, he was hefty. He was a hefty kid. Um, he ends up having like a, a fake 20. Like he didn't, he didn't know it was fake. Um, but he was out in California. His parents were here. So he had no way of getting, you know, money. And I don't know how it got to this point, but I do remember that um, they end up, they end up with him in a hotel room. He ends up getting beat the fuck up by Teddy to the point where he's, you know, broken, he's bloody. They basically, they, they beat his ass for no reason. This kid didn't have a, Manip- manipulative or mean bone or spirit in his body he only ever had love and acceptance and all he ever wanted to do was wrestle so not only did they beat his ass they left him in california with no way to get back 
I don't, I don't remember exactly how long because I'm looking at the messages that, you know, Josh and I had exchanged and I'm not seeing it, but I do remember he called his mom. He told me he called his mom crying and he ended up somehow he got back, you know, to Florida and all while this is going on, it, had, it there was a probably I want to say about a year to two gap that I didn't speak to him, you know. And he, when I get back in contact with him, he's telling me all of this, and I because I was asking him, you know, I haven't seen you at wrestling shows. Where have you been? How are you? What are you up to in life? Blah blah blah. blah. He says I'm not wrestling anymore. And I said why? And that's when he told me about that whole story, and he basically told me he was too terrified to wrestle anymore. Is number one, he didn't want that to happen to him again. Number two, he didn't think he would be allowed to because of Jason and Teddy. And he also told me, you know, he has his girlfriend, he has a job, he's working hard. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's good. But, you know, let's go back to Jason. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he told me again. And I was like, you don't have to ever worry about that. If you want to wrestle, you come train, we'll take care of you. We'll make it work for you. We'll find a place to to train you. We'll get you going. And he's like, yeah, okay. Um, and he ended up getting, you know, different work opportunities. So he never, he never got back in the ring, but that again, hits home with the hold and the fear that Chasen puts out on you. And there's been several of us that have been able to break physically break out of that, you know, me, Josh, my brother who now wrestles up in Chicago. Um, and, you know, God rest his soul, Rex Bacchus, he, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was a character. I miss, I miss that guy. But, you know, he's one of the ones that was able to break free and make it. And even if I don't make it, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not the greatest wrestler. I'll never claim to be the greatest wrestler. But even if I don't make it, if I can prevent people from going there, then my job is done. And it's insane to me to think that currently – He has, I want to say she's 16, 17 year old girl that trains there that's been there since she was like 14 ish. And even further, he, he trains children there. The the concept of him training, training children currently is mind boggling. What's even worse is that the parents know of his past, but they don't care because he's good. He's knowledgeable. He has connections. They're complacent with his past. They're complacent with what he's done. They're complacent with what he still does. Getting high with students, drinking with students. The fact that, you know, he has put his hands on his former girlfriend or former current, I think they're still together. um, Amber Nova. Like, I'm sorry, you've slept with an underage person and you're a woman beater. You should not have a company in Florida. You should not be in the wrestling business, period. I don't care. He is part of the toxicity that is Florida wrestling. You know, him along with, there's, you know, a couple other promoters that just need to, that need to not. And that's, I won't mention those promoters. Everybody knows who they are. It's very well known, but he doesn't need to have a promotion. He also 
still in regards to him saying he doesn't do the customs things as someone who's done customs. Yes, you do it for people's, some people are fans, but obviously it's basically for certain people's sexual attractions. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he explain exactly what customs are to you at all? Duke? Uh, He didn't, he didn't go into much detail about what customs are. He just kind of briefly spoke about, accusations of uh, gay porn being filmed in his ring for customs and and other things. Okay. So essentially what customs are is say you want to, you specific want to see me and another female worker wrestle each other in one piece bathing suits with knee high socks on. You basically, you pick a promotion that can offer that. You request us, you send them money and we'll, we'll end up getting a cut of the money you send them. You basically book the match and how you want to see it done. Meaning you want me to win this certain way, or you want her to win this certain way, or even if it's a guy, you know what I mean? So you specify how you want this match to go. You pay for this match to go a certain way. Um, There's some that are normal where it's just us in our wrestling gear. There are some that are not normal. You know, big men in tiny, tiny, tiny thong type underwear, if you will. There's it, it, it can anything that you can imagine that would essentially be a kink. You you can put into customs. Not everybody does them. Like I won't do any nude customs. I won't do any overtly pornographic type customs. I'll work a regular wrestling match, but I'm not gonna do super porn type. You know what I mean? And so he currently, from what I, from last I heard, does what's called rape porn videos for customs as well, um, where sometimes he is luring young female students into filming with him. So for him to sit here and say he doesn't do those type was, again, one of the many, many lies he told. Um, and whether or not he wants to admit it, it's very well known among the wrestling community that him and Teddy know exactly what happened to Samantha, to Sam, regardless of what he wants to admit. It's very well known. Now, I don't remember who originally told, like who, because it, it travels down the grapevine. I don't remember who originally said it, but it is definitely well known that they know what happened. Um, and without mentioning any names, I do happen to know that he has, um, I don't know if she's still there. He, there is a, uh, there was an 18 year old student that again, high and drunk that he ended up taking her virginity inside the dojo. And she was so fucked up to the point where he had to call her mom to come get her. And yet he's still allowed to run a school. So I, it's mind boggling to me that did he open his mouth and admit things? Yeah, but it's nothing we all didn't know. So I don't, I, I don't understand why he's able to do the things he do. And me as a parent, like I just had a, I just had a son. He'll be two months old on the third. I have a 15 year old stepson. I have an 18 year old stepdaughter. I, as a parent cannot imagine looking at this man's record and allowing my kids to train there boy or a girl 
have I done it? Yes. But as a parent, and I don't know if you're a parent, Duke, so excuse me if this is coming out like, oh, you know this. But as a parent, we are supposed to provide better for our children than we had. And you know what? If my if my little son decides one day he wants to be a wrestler, I know exactly where I'm sending him. And it's going to be as far away from Chasen as possible. So I don't know if I bounced around as much as uh, as, as much as Chasen did. Hopefully I kind of kept it, you know, on the low side of the ADHD. <laughs> no, no, actually, you provided a lot of uh, content that really, you know, there's there's a lot of perspective there because you were there again. You were personally there. And as a result of personally being there, you're privy to more than what people on the outside think they know. Right. Uh, I, I want to go back. I'm going I'm to start from the end and kind of work my way back a little bit. Okay. Because you, you said that a lot of people, at least they're confident that Chasen and Teddy know what happened to Samantha Fiddler. I, 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 what do you mean by that? If, if you can kind of, Express that a little bit, a little bit more uh, clear there. What do you mean by that? Several people, you know, there's several people that assume that they know what happened or that, you know, they, you know, God forbid, killed her or whatnot. But coming from them directly, asking them about that and trying to get a straight answer is like trying to wrangle a bunch of cats. You can't do it. You, they don't give straight answers. And 99% of the time, if you can't give me a straight answer, looking me dead in my eye, you n- either you know what happened or you had a hand in what happened. That is, it's it's one of it's. He talks more about sleeping with a minor than he does about that situation. To me, if you were innocent, you would sit here and just straight up say, "I don't know. I was, you know, I don't, I, I didn't do anything. I was innocent. It was all on him." But that's, that's, to me personally, it's never been said. It's, it's been avoided. Like he dances around the subject, but you never get a solid, solid answer from him one-on-one. In front of a camera is a different story. In front of a, you know, a microphone or you know, over a, a podcast is a different story. The two of them are going to say what they need to say for clout. And I want it to be clear, I'm not doing this for clout. I'm doing this because, if, again, if I can prevent people from going to Chase in school, then I'm going to do my best. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to have a hard time getting clout anyway because you essentially have implicated yourself with the fact that you were there and you found out that uh, he was a registered sex offender and for a period of time you stayed there. So right. no, you're, you're just sharing. At least that's my perspective here. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got nothing to hide. I hear you. The the customs. Let me let me go back to the customs for a moment here, because you said okay. that he films rape porn. So this is something yes. that you that you know that that he does here. Yes. Under the name Chase Sin. He's done it on and off for a while, um, because, again, that's one of those kinks that, you know, in this business, you can make a lot of fucking money off of. That doesn't mean it's okay, but it does, it does happen. It is, it is a thing. And again, not everybody does it. The decent people in the business don't do it, but customs is a, can be a very, very profitable business. And there are some very, very reputable companies that I will work for. And that, you know, I have friends that have worked for 
So will I work with those companies again? Yes. But everybody has their parameters as far as what, what they will do, what they won't do. You know, I, I wonder, Ashley, what was it that was the final straw for you? Because it sounds like from the moment you got in and you realized what was going on, I mean, you said that you didn't really know about uh, Chasen's legal issues before you joined the school. You, you were actually already in and already into a routine and what have you and getting trained before you started hearing whispers and then it, it expanded. Um, what was the final straw for you that ultimately resulted in you leaving? Um. It was a combination of things. Uh, honestly, it was more, it had less to do with him and more to do with personal issues. Um, I ended one really bad abusive relationship and got with the man that I'm currently with. Um, and we ended up having to move. And so it had more to do with it. And it just got to become such a financial issue. Because again, he, um, it's 200 a month. So, I mean, again, it, it was one of those, I couldn't afford that. Uh, but and that's fair. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a common story in wrestling school. So that's, that's a, a 100% fair point because a lot of trainers, I mean, I've heard them, you got to be 100% dedicated to this. I've seen some people encourage people to not work day jobs and just wrestle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the goal in the business is to be able to make that kind of money that's not to say I'm in that position, which I, <laughs> I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, but that's, that's the goal is to, you know, quit the day job and be able to do that. I hear that. I hear that. It, you know, Ashley, you brought up the fact that you've seen big names pass through the school and, and be around the scene and what have you there. And certainly, I mean, you heard the, the episodes there where Chasen had an open mic and, and he expressed himself there and named a lot of names that he has either been in business with previously or potentially still in business with to this day. Let me ask you your opinion on something. I'm not saying that you're an expert, that you have all the answers. I don't know if you've ever even thought about this before. Um, so, you know, I'm just shooting this out here as someone in the business, as someone who's personally been affected by chasing rants and, and everything that's gone on from one degree to another. You've known other people who've been there and you have relationships with people who've been there. How should the industry treat this guy? Because you have on one hand, you have people that say, well, he shouldn't be in the business anymore. Get rid of this guy. He should be blackballed. And, and a lot of people believe he's blackballed already. They, they don't realize that he's still thriving and making a living in wrestling. And then you have the other people who are saying, you know, well, he has a great ring and he's a great trainer. So they're finding reasons to continue the relationship, the financial relationship uh, with him. You know, this is one of the reasons why I use the word polarizing, because those are complete opposite feelings there. He should not be in business versus I'm actually funding his ability to stay in business. So my question to you once again is, I mean, how should the industry react and, and, and treat Chase and Rance in your opinion. Sorry. Honestly, he shouldn't be in business. Um, does he have a nice ring? Yeah, the ring's nice, but does that excuse him for what he did? You know, should should somebody's possessions, you know, compensate for their lack of empathy for their for the things that they do? 
or have done in the past. And there's no excuse. There's no, there's no excuse for him to still be in this business. He's gotten people and people funding him and allowing him to train their children. He shouldn't be around them. Is I, it was my understanding that if you are a registered sex offender, you should not be allowed around children. Even if it's not a legal thing, that morally you should not be around children. If you're so sorry for what you did and you're so, you know, I don't want this to ever happen again, you yourself should know to not be around children. You shouldn't be anywhere near anybody like that. You shouldn't be in the wrestling business, period. And and I don't get it. It's, it's such, it's such a mind boggling concept to think that parents are funding him. Fans are still going to his shows, paying for tickets. And it's, it's crazy to me. He shouldn't be in this business. He should not be a promoter anymore. And yet he's allowed to continue. Why? That that's the question. Why is he allowed to continue? Is it because he has connections that he has? Is it because he's got the pull that he has? Like it's, it's nuts to me. The narcissism and the sociopathness that goes on at the Team Vision Dojo. Um, I've never been a small, I mean, I've, I was fit in high school. Um, you know how everyone's like, oh, I want to get back to my high school weight. I do, but it wouldn't be healthy for me at this point in time. Um, it, and yes, wrestling is a business that tends to be, you know, it's obviously 90% skill, but it's 10% look. Maybe some, some would say that's different. Point being is if you don't have a certain look, you're, you're not going to get certain things. You're not going to be presented with certain opportunities. And that's the case at the dojo. Um, for the longest time, there were moves I should have been able to do in the, you know, two to three years that I trained there. I should have been able to do, but I didn't. And I, I still to this day am learning simply because I wasn't built a certain way. I didn't look a certain way. So I wasn't allowed to practice those types of moves or attempt those types of moves. And obviously I know I get out of the business what I put into it. So there were times, yes, I didn't put what I needed to put in, but at the same time, when you discover that because you don't look a certain way, you're not being presented with the same opportunities, the same type of bookings, the same, you know, the same associations because you don't look a certain way. It, it begins to affect you mentally and not just physically. There were times that, um, and nobody, and nobody knew this. There was a good six months to a year period where I would consider myself, bulimic because and I don't even think I've told my husband this. So <laughs> surprise. Um, I, I began to realize that unless I look a certain way, this business isn't for me. It's, it's not something I could do. And so I, um, I was going through that and it wasn't until the, the end of the three years and exploring other you know, other schools and other training facilities that it's not just about, it's not just about looks. If I've got the heart and I've got the skill and I put in the effort and I train when I do the work, that's where I'm going to produce the success. 
yes, some of it is still about looks and it's always good to be in shape, you know, even if not just for wrestling, but it, it doesn't need to affect you the way I chose to let it affect me. And I just, I wanted to make it clear to the ones out there that are struggling with that now. And even the ones who aren't struggling with it yet that don't, don't make yourself sick trying to impress other people. You need to be happy with yourself and put in the effort and put in the work. Work ethic is more important than a couple extra pounds here or a few extra pounds there. You show up, you pay your dues, you do the work. That's what is going to mean the most. So that's it. I just wanted to make make it known. Whew, that was heavy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have nothing to be sorry about at all, Ashley. And, and I appreciate you circling back and, and providing that information because that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, pro wrestling, as you said, I mean, it's such a cosmetic industry. Um, but at the same time, I mean, when we think about the wrestlers that we love the most, they don't all look the same. <laughs> right. That's true. You know, it's they're short, they're tall. I mean, come on, look at look at uh, you can you can make any example that you want from any time period. They do not all look the same. Um, and that's what, that's the beauty of pro wrestling. We can find someone that we can relate to even just by looking at them because we strive to be that person, real life superheroes. So exactly, it's, it's unfortunate that you've had that type of experience because quite frankly, it should be celebrated that you don't look like everybody else, you know? So Thank exactly. you again for, for sharing that. Seriously. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving a platform for it to be shared on. You know, do you want to plug any any websites or, or anything like that? How people can reach out to you? You're, you're welcome to do so. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, uh, the Ashley Mayberry. Um, also, and that's uh, also on Instagram at the Ashley Mayberry with two E's. Um, my husband as well. Um, you can reach me through his page. It's the Brooklyn juggernaut Romeo or, um, at chef Manny fresh on Twitter. You can also, uh, find me on Twitter at, at star Wars royalty. Um, and then be sure to check out my husband's, uh, kayfabe kitchen on YouTube where he does interviews with wrestlers and makes very, very delicious and yummy food. <laughs> All right, we're keeping this ball rolling here. Once again, this is the reaction to This is Chase and Rants. And next up, we have a guy who, he's a commentator, who has worked all over the Florida indie scene, very well-known, very well-respected. And his perspective on this whole Chase and Rants saga and, and just how it affects the Florida indie scene, you know, I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty interesting, and, and he wanted to come on the show and share this, so I said, hey, why not? So without further ado, uh, Ken Sticks Ray. What's going on, Sticks? How you doing, brother? You know, I, I my head is still spinning, man. There's there's a lot. It's been like a, a, a big tornado since uh, the first three parts of this docuseries have come out. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm doing too, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, just from a general standpoint, Sticks, I mean, what did you think about the three-part docuseries to start off with? Well, first of all, everybody online who is giving you heat for even doing it, you clearly didn't listen to the interview, right? Because it's not in no way, shape, or form did you glorify what he did in any, in, at, at any point. In fact, three separate times I heard you say, this is just an interview Take from it what you will. So those of you who are giving Duke heat, shut up and go listen to the actual interview. Um, I think it is it's a, it's a get first of all because we've never heard anything like this from him, right? This is the first time he's ever done anything like this, and the way that it was done. Some people have things to say about how it was produced and it could have been done this way or that, but it is what it is. You do a podcast, so it's in a podcast format. Um, but but I think the the content itself is a lot of things. It's it's enlightening, it's terrifying, it's disgusting, it's hard to listen to, but you can learn a lot from it. And I think people forget sometimes that the only way to grow is to be uncomfortable. Well said. Well said. You know, Sticks, you are a commentator on the indie scene, and you're also a guy that uh, is a manager on shows. So you're somebody that gets booked. You know, you're somebody that gets booked, and, and Florida has really been your home base for your wrestling journey. So let me just ask you directly, how common is it to be on shows or in, in encounter situations in which you are – working with somebody who works with Chase and Rance, or you may actually be at least in an indirect way working with Chase and Rance, whether it's his ring or something to, of that nature. How often does that happen? I guess, let me start on my day one of wrestling, right? My first day of training, my first day officially, I guess, in the business, right? I, I'm a curious guy. I ask a lot of questions. One of the questions I asked within the first hour and a half of me being around a ring was, who should I never work with? And every single person in that room said Chase and Rance. Every single person. So that was my first introduction to Chase, right? And then as you work, as you grow, as you get booked, as you travel, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, somebody knows them, somebody worked with them, somebody you know, did this or that or whatever. So it's weird. It's everybody knows, but nobody wants to talk about it. It's it's and everybody is either okay with it or they don't seem to care. So that that's an interesting take there. You said everybody knows, but everybody uh, seems to still work with him. Why do you think that is? I think a lot of people have this misconception that even though he did what he did twice, in the same night, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to the interview. It's all there. He says it out loud. Um, even though he did what he did, everybody still thinks they need, I guess, a rub or or a, a little bit of shine from Chasen because he's been bigger places and done bigger things. But I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that one. I like. I think once you do certain things in life, you're done. You need to go somewhere and do something else because you don't deserve to be where you are anymore. You lost that privilege and wrestling is a privilege being able to perform in the ring around the ring 
as part of a show is a privilege. And if you're a fan, you don't believe that go get trained and, you know, we'll go from there, but you lose that privilege. You had sex with a 15 year old girl twice and you are, I made a mistake. No, bro. That's a mistake. You don't come back from. So I, I wonder about this sticks because again, like you said, from the moment you started in the business, you asked, is there anyone I should not work with? Universally, everybody in the room said Chase and Rance. Okay. So everyone has this opinion of this guy. Um, they feel that this is not a person that people should be interacting with, making money with, at least in the confines of pro wrestling. And yet, I bet most of the people in that room had worked with Chase in, in some way, shape, or form. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to make a decision of whether or not you were going to continue a booking. And, you know, because Chasing was involved, this person who you were told not to do any kind of business with, and if you were in that type of situation, what did you do when you were faced with the decision? Do I work? Do I not work? What do I do here? So one of the most awkward days of my life involved Chasing Rants. We, I was working a show down south, and I was told – uh, that the person he is currently dating was not dating him. So she's booked on the show. Uh, and he shows up. He walks in the door with this big shitting grin on his face like he owns the place. And not only did he show up, but he showed up with like five or six of his students. And I was in a booking meeting and he comes in and he's shaking hands and I shook his hand just by reaction but immediately i felt disgusting it's like what are we doing here what is happening and the meeting's over and he's just there he's just mulling around and you know just 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 hanging out and i knew it wasn't right in my gut i could feel it i was like this is wrong this is not what we need to be doing he's gonna find a way to get on camera he's gonna be on this show in some way shape or form because that's what he does that's what he does. He finds a way to weasel in and then he holds it over your head. Well, you, you know, you let me in the door and blah, 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 blah. So I go to the promoter, not me, but a couple of us. And we say, this is not right. We offer to rebook the show. We offer to give up our money, work for free. Just get him out. We don't need him. We don't need him. We don't need his girl. We don't need his people. We don't need any of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. Four hours goes by. And this is this is a TV taping, so this is a this is supposed to be a thing, right? So get all dressed, the lights come on, we're about to start the show, and we ask, is you know any changes? Do we? Because he's still there, he's still there, and we're like, no, it's too late, too late now. Nothing we can do. We're just gonna do. And so the only time in my life I've ever walked out of a booking was that day, and I never went back. So you walked out of a booking because you did not want to work on the same show that Chase and Rance, anybody affiliated with him was working on. Correct. And, and you can say anything you want to say about my life. You know, my shoe job is, is what it is. You know, I work with where, I, you know, the people I work with, whatever. But none of the people I've worked with have ever done anything like that. I don't want to be associated with it. I don't want to know you. I don't need to learn from you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how much money you got. I don't, I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't need to be around it. And that was that's that's just my gut. That's just me as a man 
saying to you, nah, I'm good. You know, Sticks, uh, before we started recording, you, you did ask to have some time to speak about mental health. Um, something that I know that is, is very important to you. It's something that you, you know plenty about and what have you here. So, you know, the floor is yours, man. Whatever you want to say in regard to that, go right ahead. So just a little bit of background. I lived with somebody who was uh, bipolar, schizophrenic, multiple personality disorder. Um, I lived with somebody almost my entire life who dealt with that, right? So I know what it sounds like. And if you listen to that interview, if you listen to where he goes, as many places as he goes, as many turns as he takes, I don't want to, to give him sympathy, but that man needs mental help. He needs medication. He needs structured counseling. He needs something because there is mental illness there and I can hear it. And if you don't know what you're listening for, maybe you don't hear it. Maybe you just hear a guy rambling on about all kinds of shit. But that is that is what mental illness sounds like. And whether he knows it or not, that's going to be a problem down the road if it doesn't get addressed immediately. Wow, that's that's a, a strong statement that you made there, Sticks. No two ways about that. Um, Sticks, what's it going to take? I mean, and, and I've said this to other guests who've been part of this uh, this portion of the series here. There is so much vigor and so much energy online from the the vocal minority who wanted to call me out for having the audacity to allow Chase and Rance the opportunity to, to, to share his life story and his truth, you know, all from his perspective. People really pissed off at me over doing that. Um, it's because they're small. Well, and the other part about that is there seems to be more vigor behind being upset with me with giving this guy a mic. Yet there are people who are actively keeping him in business, people that they interact with, that they work with, that their dollars support, right? There's They don't give those other entities that same kind of energy, which really makes me wonder, and I'm going to ask you this just from your, in your opinion, does the wrestling industry care that you have these polarizing figures within the industry? Does the wrestling industry care enough to show people like that the door, or does it not matter because they're talented, the wrestling industry is just saying, hey, we know that we have a, 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 some people in here who, from a moral perspective, a lot of folks would not be too happy with. But, you know, they're good at what they do, so they get to stay. I mean, in, 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 your, in your opinion, as somebody in wrestling, what do you think about that? I think it's, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think you're talking about a business that started in, in seedy places. It's a carny business, right? Everybody who wanted to escape the world joined the circus. That's where wrestling comes from, right? But it's 2021. What, at what point do we say, okay, this is the line. This is what you can do. This is what you do to get excommunicated from the church. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do we, where do we draw the line? Because wrestling doesn't care about anything but money. Let's be real. How much money can you make? How many tickets can you sell? How much merch can you sell? That's the only thing wrestling cares about. As an entity, that's what wrestling is. It's a business. It's a great business. It's a wonderful way to make a living. It's my favorite way to pass the time, if you will. But it is still a business. And as long as you're generating revenue or generating stars or generating 
you know, merchandise, you're allowed to do what you want to do, regardless of who you are behind the curtain. And I think that's a shame, but I also know that business is business. You know, I like money just as much as the next guy, but I also didn't have sex with a 15 year old girl. Sticks. Uh, I mean, you, you've um, gave, given a lot of insight here, which I really appreciate because it just goes to show that the entire subject is nuanced. And again, I think that Chase and Rance is just one example of a much larger discussion that needs to be had about pro wrestling. Everybody who, you know, they're, they're part of this whole, I'm going to cancel this and we're going to blackball that. And it really is just Twitter finger muscles there. You know what I mean? They're flexing the oh, Twitter yeah. finger muscles. They have no, no influence or authority or power to do anything because if they did, if they did, then this guy, who's been around since 2008 at least, would not still be thriving in the wrestling business. Mike Tyson would not still be on primetime TV. Don't get me started. I'll go down the list. The domestic abusers, the murderers, convicted the murderers like Jimmy Snooker. Okay? If, if Hold on a second here. If, if, if people with the Twitter fingers and the Twitter muscles were so serious and they were so influential and they cared about this subject so much, then they would have done something about this. And they haven't done anything about it except run their Twitter fingers. So good here's, job, folks. Good job. Here's the thing about Twitter. Twitter is noise. That's all Twitter is. Twitter is static. You can do a couple of good things on Twitter if you work hard enough. But the chances are 80-20, you'll get a far bigger reaction from a negative post than you will from a positive post. And that's because people are drawn to the negative. One point I wanted to make that I wanted to make sure I made when we had this conversation. How many shows do you see all over entertainment about murderers, serial killers, interview with this guy, interview with that guy, this guy killed 34 people in his basement, yada, yada, yada. How many views do they get? How many, how many people watch that crap? I love it. I love serial killer shit, right? But this is too far because it makes you uncomfortable because, because it, it hurts your insides. Well, guess what, man? The first thing you have to do, be willing to do to make change is have a conversation about the issue. And that's what you did. So kudos to you for having the conversation. Now, for everybody making noise, for everybody that doesn't actually want to listen to it, they just want to be mad about it. Shut up, go educate yourself, and then we can have a real conversation. Otherwise, get out of my face. You know, I, I couldn't have said any better myself. But Sticks, how can people uh, reach you online and what have you there if they want to follow what you have going on? I mean, you're a guy that really is you, – you've grown so much in the wrestling industry over the past few years. Your commentary is, is, is right up there on the indie scene there. People really enjoying that. How can folks reach out to you, Sticks? So Sticksman92 on Instagram and Twitter – and then uh, Ken Sticks Ray or Sticks, the world's most famous plaything on Facebook. I have two pages, but Sticksman92 on Instagram and Twitter, probably the best two ways to get a hold of me. And as always, brother, keep doing your thing and uh, turn down the noise. All right. So we're going to continue on our journey here. And again, this is the reaction series to This Is Chase and Rants. And, you know, we heard from Ashley, who is a former student of Chase and Rants, and she brought up a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, everything from the reason why she stayed for three years and when she found out that he was a re registered sex offender and, you know, all the way down to 
she said they were filming uh, rape porn customs. Yeah, that was and, the chloroform thing. Uh, yeah, and the, and and there was, she even brought up the fact that it's kind of an inside thing where everybody knows, but few really talk about the fact that she believes that everyone knows that Chasen and Teddy Hart knows what happened to Samantha Fiddler, mm-hmm. which I thought that was an interesting thing to say. So, you know, I have I have on the line here. Jeremy Gomez, you know, he is the head honcho over there at Generation Championship Wrestling. He is a promoter in the Florida area. So he's another person that is directly impacted by Chase and Rance being in business in Florida and all the things that come along with that. Yeah. So first and foremost, welcome, Mr. Jeremy Gomez. What's up, brother? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. How you doing? Oh, and you know, I, I got to ask you this question, uh, Gomez, because there's been a lot that's been said online, and you've been one of the more active people sharing your opinion online. Um, your general perspective of this is Chasing Rants as a as a podcast series. I mean, how do you feel about that existing and, and being released the way that I did it? I mean, I, I love it because I mean, man, I don't know. I just I look at things different because number one. I know the definition of polarizing, so I didn't have to sit around for days and complain about you using the word polarizing like it means awesome or fantastic or fucking great. It doesn't, people. (laughs) There's been a lot of polarizing figures on Earth that were not good people, and that's not what the word means. So, dude, just, I mean, I guess what do you guys do nowadays? Google it? Google it. Damn. That's just, anyways, past that, I mean, it was like, dude, the dude gets to have his foot in the door still. Because people outside of the wrestling world don't know a damn thing about this. They really don't. Everybody says that, like, you know, oh, everybody knows Jason. Everybody knows what he's saying. Dude, no, they don't. Only people in the wrestling world do. And I hate to tell you, venue owners and sponsors and people coming in with their fr- kids fresh that aren't in the wrestling world yet don't know who the hell he is, don't know what the hell he's about. And up until now, he's been able to bullshit about it and bullshit around it and say, oh, those are rumors and lies and blah, blah, blah. Dudes, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but he just admitted to like 11 crimes and like every stupid thing he's ever done in his life. And he can no longer say that shit's a rumor. You can literally just bring it up on Spotify and be like, oh, yeah, what about this part? So, I mean, hopefully now all those people that have been like, you know, backrooming him and doing business with him because, you know, they they either don't know or they have plausible deniability. Well, you know what? That's probably going to change now because now, well, number one, he name dropped, I don't know, about 420 different people. And, uh, so those people probably aren't going to be wanting to help him anymore. So uh, to, to the people online that their hot take and their very emotional hot take was, oh, my God, we don't want to hear from Chase. And dude, there was a purpose. There was a definite purpose. So I love it. So maybe I was just able to get past the words and the initial outrage because I actually have to deal with this every day in Florida as a promoter. And it's just not a shocking thing to me. You know, why, why do we have to hear Chase? And dude, we hear his voice like his like reminiscence and we hear about him every freaking day it's it's garbage so i'm cool with it being out man it was perfect gomez have you ever personally done business with uh chase and rents if so no. <laughs> why and if not why not about fuck no the guy's a rapist pedophile piece of shit number one let me let me get past that let me get past that part the only time i have been in chasen's presence in my life was at our past friend rex bacchus 
our defender of humanity, my fucking dude, a dude that I fucking loved. We were at his comedy show. He had a comedy show about two weeks before he died, maybe three weeks or something like that. So we were at his comedy show, listening to freaking Rex be amazing, fucking awesome as he was, dying of cancer, you know, still being awesome, still being Rex. Chasen and fucking Amber show up. Chasen's fucking wrecked, drunk off his ass, and Amber's a little fucking tipsy too. To the dude's like last comedy show of his fucking life. That's how I met Chasen. He shows up fucking plastered, acting like a douche. I already don't like drunks, dude. You don't show up drunk to your supposed buddy. By the way, Rex didn't like the dude. At the fuck all. Rex wasn't happy that he showed up. But on top of that, you think that he's your friend, so you show up to his last comedy show on earth, probably, like plastered, you're a douche. So fuck Jason would never do business with him for that. If I didn't know anything else of him, I would never do business with him alone because he's a fucking lush. Number one, number two. Yeah. Oh, he raped a 15 year old girl. I say rape because until that girl's 18 years old, I I don't know. I'm not going to say 15 year olds don't know what the fuck they're doing, but dude, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing when we were 15 years old. That's why we had parents take care of us and tell us when we fucked up and tell us that we were doing this wrong. You raped a 15-year-old girl, and I don't care how many times you say, oh, she was nearly 16? Cool. Then you raped a 16-year-old girl. However the fuck you want to split hairs, you raped a kid, a fucking child, dude. Maybe, maybe if you're ever, maybe if any girl's ever stupid enough to let you get her pregnant and you have a kid one day, God forbid you don't, but maybe at least then maybe you'll realize how fucking dumb that sounds coming out of your mouth. That's why. There's many reasons why I wouldn't use a douchebag like that. There's a couple. Gomez, is it fair to say that there are a lot of people in the Florida wrestling scene that do business with Chase and Rance? Too many. Too many. It's starting to become less and less because as we start to get the word out and as we start to actually, as people start to lead the charge to clean up the Florida wrestling world and the, you know, just wrestling in general, you know, it's getting harder because those people don't want to hide anymore and those people are getting called out and those people, and that's what the fuck this is for, you know? But yeah, too many people do business with the guy. And, And you know what? Some of them don't know, but a lot of them do. Talk to me about rings, uh, Gomez, because it, I, I brought up the fact that he's known for having, having a, a, a good ring, and a lot of people rent the ring. He, he drives the ring out, sets it up, breaks it down the whole nine yards. And some of the, the, the comments were people were confused about that because it's like, well, it's wrestling. It's Florida. Everybody has a ring. What are you talking about? Can you can you expand upon the whole ring thing? Because you have your own ring at, at GCW, right? Yeah, got the same ring he had. Not the same one as in I bought it from him, but we have we both had high spots rings. And high spots rings are very expensive, very safe, very nice, professional quality rings. Um, they build rings for AEW. I'm sure WWE has some high spot rings too, but if you want a fantastic ring that is the shit that's not going to break, that's going to last and is awesome, you pay a lot of money for a high spots ring. Um, I, I think mine was upwards of $7,000 for one of my rings. And then there's the upkeep on the ring and then the traveling of the ring. And yeah, dude, it's, it's important to have a good one, especially if you're renting them out. But when people are renting them out and big companies are looking for places where to get a ring from, so they don't have to do that traveling, they're going to look for people with the best ring. And, and you know, he had one, so they used it. Rings are expensive though, man. I mean, it, it's, it took me a, took me eight shows before I could get up enough money just to, you know, buy my own ring with, but you know, it's, it's the best. And that's why, that's what you were talking about, man. That's why people rented his ring because he had a high spots ring and not everybody has a high spots ring. Some rings suck. Gomez, what's it going to take, man? I mean, I, I, I'm, you brought up the word that I've been using here, polarizing, because that's exactly it. I mean, on one end, you have people who, 
uh, say that this guy shouldn't be in the business. You know, Jason Rand should be out of pro wrestling, should be out of business for good, what have you. But then on the other side, you have people who actively do business with him, which means they're keeping him in business. Yeah. That's polarizing. Those are polar opposites right there. Yeah. Right. And they and, and clearly, at least with their dollars, they are speaking in polar opposite manners. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that? And and what do you think it's going to take one way or another? I mean, should should Chase and Rance still be allowed to be in pro wrestling or should he be out? I mean, in my opinion, if you rape someone or you're having sex with a little kid, then you should be in jail. But I guess that's not everybody's opinion. I'm not a freaking judge. My dad's a judge. I'm not a judge. I can't make those decisions. But, uh, dude, I just, I don't know, maybe just to me, man, money doesn't come over, you know, morals or values or respect or honor. And to some people, I guess it does. And that's why they do business with it. That's all I can say. Either they're doing business with a dude for that or they're doing business for other reasons. And, you know, read between the lines. Pieces of shit hang out with pieces of shit. What do you think about some of these folks who are Hall of Famers and, and you know, Good some of them. these folks are on TV? Oh, that's great. That doesn't mean you're not a piece of shit. <laughs> There's a lot of people in a lot of record books and a lot of halls of fames that did a lot of great things that are still pieces of shit. Cool. You're a hall of famer. Well, you hang out with a douchebag. That kind of makes you a douchebag. So <laughs> fair enough. I mean, listen, Gomez, you're not holding back, man. You really have uh, some strong feelings about this. It's just a dude. I got two daughters. One of them is seven years old and is already, I mean, sky blue is already like teaching my daughter how to be a, a worker, man. And my daughter wants to get be a wrestler and i own a wrestling company man and i own a wrestling company that has a great women's division and we take that seriously and when you've got a sexual predator out there that's raising these people and teaching them that they're worth nothing and they're just pieces of ass and objectifiable and who gives a fuck if they're wrestlers you know i just want to train you so i can fuck you later or, or i'm sorry i just want to train you so i can give you some medical marijuana a little jagermeister get you in a hot tub and then fuck you later i just i'm not into that bro i'm a dad fuck that yeah, I have some strong feelings about pedophiles and rapists. I really do, especially when they're in my freaking in my state, when they're in my industry. Dude, there's no place for that crap, man. <laughs> there really isn't. Dude. You need to... <laughs> he says in the interview that like he told her dad or something that he had slept with her. That motherfucker wouldn't have got up from his seat, bro. I'd have killed him. I'd have straight up fucking killed him. I'll tell you that right now. You touch my 15-year-old daughter, I'm going to fucking kill you. That dude... Is just that that whole family, man. It's some Joe, Joe Exotic, Tiger fucking King shit, man. This seriously need to be a Netflix drama series because it's just, man, I, I just, I just get sick of dumb people, man. And that's some dumb shit. You know, Gomez, you, you brought up uh, the perception that the rest of the wrestling world has on of uh, the Florida indie scene. Um, I know right. that the name Chase and Rance gets brought up, even though a lot of people don't necessarily know as much about him as some who are closer to the action may realize. Yeah, man. What do you say to the wrestling scene in general about this here, Gomez? Dude, we hate this guy. I mean, for the most part, dude, we all hate this guy. And there are some other, like I said, pieces of shit that want to keep enabling him and keep him in business. And then there's some other people that are unaware that are keeping him in business. But please do not, do not equivalent the Florida wrestling scene to Chase and Rance like a lot of you do. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, somebody told me today, uh, a friend told me today that I, and, and, and I've told you this before, I just do my job, man. But a friend told me today that like you do a lot of good for the wrestling scene. I'm like, cool, great. I just want to do my job. But he's like, but think about it. Every cool thing you do, like that dude, like just, it, it just kind of like X's it out, man. Because that douchebag is still hurting this. So it's hard, man. You know, people do, uh, people do look at the Florida wrestling scene weird because of a lot of stupid shit that's going on. And most of that stupid shit that's going on is that. 
Jeremy Gomez, uh, do you want to plug anything? I mean, you know, you have GCW, and I know that you're always putting on events and what have you. Here's your chance. Oh, okay. I can plug this about Generation Championship Wrestling. Um, if you train with Jason Rance, if you associate with Jason Rance, if you think he's a nice guy, if you associate with Amber Nova, if you try to put her over Jason Rance's girl that he didn't feel like mentioning, I guess, in the podcast, I wonder why. Anyway, if you're one of those people, like, don't even come around. Don't hey brother us. Don't send us an email. Don't try to be nice to us at a show. Don't do any of that crap because you're going to get met with the door. You guys suck. If you have anything to do with that guy, you suck. Period. That's it. And there you have it. That's three different perspectives. People coming at uh, this issue from different walks of life, so to speak here, but all with their own nuanced take. And, you know, it's interesting. It, we were scheduled to have a few more former students of Chase and Rance. Unfortunately, uh, schedule conflicts got in the way of that. So, you know, this is just part one. There will be other episodes of the reaction. And, you know, those folks, they are more than welcome to come on one of those other episodes. But I didn't want to wait to put this out. I didn't want to wait any further. Um, you know, especially it wouldn't have been fair to the folks who you just heard today who wanted their voices to be heard. So that's why part one is coming out in the manner that it is. I know we're going to get a lot of feedback about this. I know we're going to get a lot of feedback about this. So let me just make this clear from the beginning. Number one, Jason Rance is afforded an opportunity to respond to anything that was said about him on this episode. And if you go back to episode three of this is Jason Rance, I made that clear. And he actually requested clearly to come back because he had more to share so you know if he still wants to do that he, he's more than welcome to do that 360 degree view that's the way this is here so that's number one number two uh to all of you experts <laughs> if you haven't listened to any of the content before stay the hell out of my mentions i mean that with all my heart stay the hell out of my mentions unless you just like making me go viral if you just like making me go viral and this is your way of, uh, you know what I mean? Doing some kind of, I don't know, puppet master sort of thing where you're trying to push me out there. Then great. Okay, fine. You can stay flexing your Twitter fingers all you want. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, but if that's not what your intention is, stay the hell out of my mentions. If you're not going to take the time to listen, if you're not going to take the time to recognize what this is, if you're not going to take the time to, to not be a hypocrite, because I've taken a look at all of your work over the past couple of years, and I see who you've covered. Organizations that fund people like Chase and Rance, and I've seen who you covered. Other polarizing figures who are similar. And I can tell you right now, you don't want me to start talking about that. I don't mind you critiquing my work, but you better be ready for me to critique yours. <laughs> and I don't think you are. Be quite frank. Because I don't think your moral compass is as strong as you want to lay it out to be. I really don't. I saw a person who, you know, claims to be wrestling media, um, you know, put out a call to action to, can we all agree not to cover so-and-so? Are you kidding me? This is the same person who you should see some of the people he, he's done stories on. You should see them. Over the past few years. 
You should see some of the work that this person has done. Unsavory characters and what have you. So, you know, I don't know. Either either we're going to be media and just cover the newsmakers and the news out there, or we're not. Either you're going to try to control what gets out, or you're not. I can tell you, no matter how hard you try, you're going to fail. You cannot suppress stories from getting out. You cannot suppress conversation from happening. And you really can't suppress people looking at you and asking you, why are you contributing to the problem? Because you are. Once again, if you've ever written anything about Chase and Rance, if you've ever done a podcast about Chase and Rance and and you monetized it, you were making money off of this guy. You're part of the problem. If you ever funded anyone that he had mentioned or any organization that he had mentioned, especially during the times where he mentioned he was doing business with them, including present day, you're part of the problem. At least the problem as you identify it, you were keeping him in business. Good job. So so get off that moral high horse because it's it's all baloney. You know, you're really not about that life. Not a single one of you. And for the few that are, well, kudos to you. Stand for something or you fall for everything. You know? But I, like I said earlier, I, I'm, I am not just that guy. I am the guy. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to deliver uh, compelling stories about people who make news in wrestling. And some of those people are going to be pretty reprehensible. And they're going to be responsible for doing some reprehensible things because the industry is reprehensible. So we're we're going to take a look at it. I'm going to shine a big fat mirror on it. Okay. And you can divert your eyes. You could try to marginalize anybody else to try to pull a bait and switch because you don't want to face head on what the real issues are. That's, that's your choice, but I'm not going anywhere. So. I guess you're just going to have to deal with it. Wow. Okay. That concludes part one of the reaction to This is Chase and Rants. We'll catch you on the flip side. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others.